Coming to you from that galaxy far, far away, this is the Star Warriors Podcast. And tonight, this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And we are back with another exciting episode of Marvel Comics Star Wars. So my friend, it, we're almost heading into summer. Some stupid delays have been hitting, so it's been very, it's been very tough to like kind of narrow down what we should be talking about. Since we jump ahead, sometimes we've fallen behind, uh, only to catch up on this show. But yeah, I some great stuff is going on in the comics, but I just I wish things would come out on time. I agree, and it's funny that you and I were texting about that last night, late for me. As um, no, it's funny because I was actually thinking about this and I knew I wanted to bring it up on the show is I was sitting on my bed with my MacBook that has uh, a Darth Vader, big Darth Vader sticker on the back. Okay. A Star Warriors podcast sticker on, on the back of my computer as well. In front of me is spread out all the Star Wars comics that I have on my, on my bed. Right. My wife is trying to sleep next to me and I'm in my Star Wars jammies. (laughs) And I'm texting with you about which books we're going over because my ass was confused. <laughs> you have them in hand and you still can't get it. straight. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, you were it's right. Because of the delays. It's true. And since it's June now, and we do the month prior for the episode, we had some comics drop like the first week of June. So mm-hmm. we'll be talking about a couple of the issues that are just behind what just came out. So if you've been listening to the show, you know what's going on. But um, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight because we have we had celebration happen. It's a fun four days, uh, some nice announcements, some trailers, and and more. Um, but I wanted to get your brief um, feelings on Obi Wan, real quick. Um, I think Obi Wan did. So far, Obi-Wan has tugged on the correct heartstrings. Um, I think that the, I think Ewan McGregor is a gem. He is Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, hands down. But the real, the real scene stealer, the stealer of the show is, is little Leia. Um, My God, what a, what a beautiful and welcome surprise that she has been. She has embodied princess leia as a as what i would imagine she would be as a young girl um just uh, you know still naive but also extremely intelligent and has an acid tongue which is just hilarious i just that one scene where and i'm your father maybe my grandfather yeah. <laughs> i was just like wow she would say that and i think that carrie fisher if she was uh, not currently one with the force I think she would totally adore this little girl. I think that she would have gotten her seal of approval. I, I, so I'm, I'm digging the show so far. There's a couple things that I want to see get resolved. You know what those things are. Um, and I'm hoping that in the next three episodes that are left, you know, we'll get that th- those things sewn up. Yeah, me too. I think that, I think that they're, they're careful about what they're doing. So I don't question things until it's over and then I watch it again, but I've been watching it over and over again as we go anyways. So I know that I'm really enjoying this show. And like you said, the, the Leia, the Leia thing is one of the best things that Disney has done yet. 
And I think it's important because of the role Carrie Fisher was supposed to play in episode nine, but then she passed. Um, so now we do get this, this version of Leia we've never seen before. So she gets to kind of come out from behind all everybody else and, and have a very strong role once again uh, in the Star Wars universe. Absolutely. And uh, t- I saw something online that was just so great. It was a still from the show and it's Obi-Wan or next to little Leia and above it, it says, now I know why she named her son, Ben. It's a good one. I was like, Oh, that hit me right in the hearts, right in the hearts. That's what Disney does best. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Season, season two. I don't know. I, I kind of was hoping, no, I was hoping that they would resolve this in an epic way. I'm hoping, you know, I don't know what the runtime, do you know what the runtimes are for these? I don't. I was really hoping that like episodes five and six are like two hours long each. <laughs> and it just, it just resolves. Um, if there's a second season, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens at the end of the first season, but I don't want them to milk this small period. I want <laughs> this period to, to be perfect, not long. It doesn't need to be long. It just needs to be perfect. Yeah, it's fine. Perfection is good, but it's also a very long time until a new hope still, you know, it's a lot of years there. Um, And I guess one of the biggest complaints is the fact that, Hey, what, what does, you know, Luke doesn't have anything to do with it. People want to see that. So that was my thought as much as I, as much as I'd like to see something then you'd have to have a story based around, him protecting Luke from something um, because the Leia thing was genius to begin with. And really I was always like, what could take him off planet? What, you know, what would cause him? Could, what would he have a cause for to go off planet? And it was just such a, such the perfect thing. And to bring back Jimmy Smith's and, and more. So Jimmy um, Smith's an, oh uh, an unsung hero of star Wars. I mean, Episode mm-hmm. one, episode two, episode three, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I cried when he stepped out of the darkness in Rogue One. Yep. And it was perfect, absolute perfection. And him in the Clone Wars, uh, you know, and him in Rebels, um, you know, and now he's back for Obi-Wan. I wouldn't have guessed, but what a welcome and happy surprise that was and is. I mean, I would have definitely guessed that <laughs> to be an asshole. Um because this is what they need to do is they need to weave these characters in and out. They need to make it real. They need to make it. They're establishing a brand new storyline that they've owed us for 10 years now. And finally they're getting somewhere where they're doing the right thing. They're doing the fan service instead of trying to just go off on their own. Um, It's like when people are like, Oh, well, I didn't know Darth Vader was going to show up at the end of uh, Jedi fallen order. I did. I mean, it's yeah. It's Star Wars has this formula, so I I'm always like people people want new stuff. They want this and that, but there's something about Star Wars that it has to have a f- certain feel, mm-hmm. and it has to have certain dialogue, mm-hmm. and it has to have X, Y, and Z, or it's not Star Wars. That's, yeah, that's not. That's just me being kind of a gatekeeper. But there's something about it, um, and this 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 show. Um, I'm enjoying a lot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm loving it. Awesome. Let's get the celebration because there's a lot of stuff here. A lot of stuff. Uh, celebration just happened down in Anaheim. Uh, this was supposed to be 
two years ago in, in 2020, the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary. I was going to go to that show because it's also my 40th birthday. So unfortunately, because of stupid COVID, um, you know, things happen. Mm-hmm. So this year they did it, which was also actually the anniversary attack of the clones, mm-hmm. uh, which the panel was pretty neat for that. Uh, so go check that out if you want to see Tamora Morrison and Daniel Logan goofing around for 30 minutes because it's great. That's um, cool. So let's talk about Andor. We got to see the full trailer comes out on August 31st. Oh, this is what I needed. This was the injection of Star Wars. I saw this trailer and I was like, this is what I wanted. It looks dirty and dark and and hopeless. And that's what I want. I want a Rogue One show. And I think we're getting a Rogue One show. What I really loved was the Mon Mothma um, narration throughout it and like seeing the Senate. Um, was crazy because we haven't seen the Senate really since episode three. So to right, yeah, I'm trying to think if we saw it in the Bad Batch at all or anything like that because that's always kind of like Filoni's. Filoni does a good job tying in the politics and things like that. But that's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's it's something that we haven't seen a whole lot like in the Empire, the Dark Times. Yeah. And just like, but the dirtiness of it all, like Mm -hmm. it it was very, it's, it, it seemed like a, like a born, the born identity. It like was, it's shot differently, but it's in star Wars. You have those tiebacks to star Wars, but it's shot like, like an R movie that you would like, I don't know. It, I really, really love. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about this is that this is the first show that they have been shot on that stage on the mm-hmm. dome or whatever it is. So this is like the volume. Right. Exactly. Um, so this is classic, classic movie making uh, location shooting and things like that. So I, th- I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I also want, I want darker than rogue one because rogue one is definitely kind of a redemption for Cassian Andor. And mm-hmm. I want to see Cassian Andor at his wickedness. Uh, wicked most whatever you want to say because i want to see the spy side of things i want to see the dirty stuff the rebels did in order to sabotage the empire whatever i'm ready for a more of adult star wars show and that's and that's what i really loved about rogue one was that it was it was definitely a step in the direction i mean it's my favorite of the disney batch uh so i'm just hoping for more from my favorite time period from star wars i agree i think that rogue one and solo are my two favorite movies of the disney era um those were just both incredible films um you know rogue one is very much lauded solo was review bombed um so you know whatever but those were my favorite movies and they were just in that period yes that i love too the transition of uh, Republic to empire and then the empire really having its, its, its foot on the neck of the galaxy. Uh, yeah, it was exactly right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I can't wait for Andor. I can't come soon enough. Yeah. It'd be nice to see the beginning of the rebellion. Uh, this show's really spread out. It's 12 episodes been confirmed. Uh, so catch that August 31st end of the summer on disney plus can't wait uh next up we have confirmation that both ahsoka and uh mandalorian season three will come out in 2023 yeah uh that's fine 
I we have a lot of stuff still coming this year from Marvel and and Disney. Uh, I'm yeah, Marvel, Disney, Star Wars, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it as much as like they they just showed us that little tease from Ahsoka, which was great to see some footage, uh, some you know confirmations of that we are going to get the Ghost Crew. It's a little tease of Ezra. Thrawn is rumored, but probably most likely confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just going to have a resolution of Rebels. And I'm really excited for that because I did not expect what we saw in the book of Boba Fett when they went and went to the, on Yavin 4. Yeah, I, I... It was Yavin 4, right? Is that the Which, which where planet? Did they, where did they put the Jedi training? I'm thinking Yavin 4 because of the EU. Where did they yeah. put it? I don't know where it might have been. Shoot. Yeah. Now I okay, really don't worry don't about know. It. Don't worry either about way. It. We'll, look it up. we'll look it up later, my friend. All right. Well, honestly, I'm a little sad that Mando's we gotta wait till February because I was that was originally promised Christmas twenty twenty three. And um, you know, I like my Mandalorian Christmases. It's it makes Christmas better and sweeter. Um Ahsoka, that's like my daughter in Star Wars. I'm so proud of her and I'm so happy that she's getting her own show. And I, I can't wait to soak up every minute of that show, especially with the confirmation of the ghost crew um, really, really makes it even more, even more sweet. And I think that we're going to, I think we're going to see the, the finale of rebels. I want them to do a one season and I want this to be done. I don't want, I don't need any more than that. I don't think that's my opinion. Yeah, that's not what you'll say at the end of it, I'm sure. Anyways, <laughs> don't kid yourself. Yeah, well, I'm done with maybe. Star Wars. That's going to be you. Maybe. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's for sure. Unless they kill her and then you are just devastated. Oh, yeah. Broken, that... broken for the rest of your life. Yes. And that's the thing is we know she's dead by the time of uh, The Rise of Skywalker. So that's a good point, Rago. I, I don't care. That movie sucks. So. <laughs> Anyways, um, speaking of uh, New Republic, New Republic time and things we care about, uh, Skeleton Crew has been confirmed <laughs> as what John Watts left the MCU to do. Now John Watts had just finished up his Spider-Man trilogy, and now he's taking on this show called Skeleton Crew that we've been hinting at uh, as the Stranger Things, Lost in Space mashup uh, that we all deserve. So this is be a live action show set right after Return of the Jedi. I hope it's good. I mean, Jude Law is attached to it. There has been very little that he's done that's been bad. Um, so I I don't see why not. John Watts is gifted. He gave us three fantastic Spider-Man films, including the last one, which is still one of the best Marvel movies I've ever seen. Not the best, but definitely one of the best. Yes. Um, it's up there. Um, so, you know, great skeleton crew, Jude law. I have no clue what it's about, but bring it on. Well, I'll tell you what it's about. My friend, it's about a group of 10 year old kids from a small planet who get lost in that galaxy far, far away and must make their way home. For real? For reals. Stranger things in space. So it's a group of 10 year old boys and Jude law and Jude law. Whoa, okay. Jude law and, and a bunch of 10 year old boys. They get lost in the Star Wars universe. Lost in space meets Stranger Things. Oh, man. Sounds fun. It's going to be another Ewok adventure. 
No, it's going to be something you watch with your kids and really enjoy it. All right. Well, I'm in. That's it. Ewok Adventure. Come on, man. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of Ewok Adventures, um, the next Lego holiday special, which is, you know, a gift every time it comes on, uh, setting up its own little continuity. It even gave us Christian Slater as Ren. Yes. Uh, which I will never forget and never not read Ren's voice that way. So, um, Anyways, <laughs> that comes out on August 5th. So get ready for some more brick antics. Yeah, I love those Lego um, shows and movies. Um, I really do. I think that they're perfect at poking fun of Star Wars while still delivering a fun story. The Christmas episode was great. The Halloween episode was great. And now we're getting a summer vacation one. Sign me up. I'm in. Yep. Me too. Me too. Uh, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi was a classic storyline that really delved into the origins of the Jedi back in the EU. Uh, this time they're going to be using it as an anthology series, uh, which is going to be in the Dave Filoni style, some untold stories from the Clone Wars era. So we'll be dealing with Jedi from that. And I hope that they expand this idea out into other eras and whatnot, because I think I think we need more anthology stories or just small tidbits here. And there reminds me of like the Jendi Clone Wars a lot, this, this idea. So uh, the show will feature stories about Ahsoka, Count Dooku, and Qui-Gon Jinn. And Liam Neeson is returning to voice him. And his son as well will be voicing a younger version of Qui-Gon. So Liam Neeson's a liar. He is a liar. That's why I think he's a he's big gonna, liar, Rocco. That's why I think he's going to show up in Obi-Wan, but that's a whole other story. Don't even think he's going to. If he did, if he did this and didn't do Obi-Wan, he said, I'm only coming back to Star Wars if it's a movie. And that's in my that's an Irish accent. It's I mean, I think your Liam Neeson impression is spot on, first of it all. Is. Thank, Thank you. you for I'm a better man for listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um I I can't wait for this show. I I'm I mean it's going to be heartbreaking with baby Ahsoka because she was three when Plo Koon um, cause Plo Koon is the one who uh, discovered her. That's why they always had like a special connection. Um, but just like seeing baby Ahsoka in her mom's carrier, knowing that the Jedi are coming and they're going to take her from her family and thrust her into the life that she lives. And honestly, one thing that I think is really sad about Ahsoka is Ahsoka became a Padawan and an apprentice during a war. She never, all she knew was battle and to see where that starts. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited for the show. And the, the animation looks very much like uh clone wars. Yes. I'm very excited for that. I think that that's even in its own right has come a long way from when they first did the movie and the TV show. It's just that final season what they've achieved for like the bad batch it's just it's gorgeous um american animation so yeah absolutely um this next thing i know you're really excited about visions volume two is coming out in spring of 2023 uh it's the second season of the anime anthology series that is pretty awesome to a certain extent i don't care that show sucks you suck i just wanted to redo no no you suck oh god damn it (laughs) i just want to throw it back it's okay we we expect this already from you um and the and the the audience also says you suck 
So I just don't. I don't oh. get it. I just oh. don't get it. You know what though? I'll try it again. It's okay. You, did you like any of them? Even the Ronin one. The first that that was the very first one. Yeah. Right. It's the best of them. That was the best I saw, but I watched three episodes and was like, mm, I'm good. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> the Bad Batch returns this fall. Now that's animation. I'm really excited for that. Uh, that trailer was pretty, 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 pretty good. Yeah, that was awesome. And, you know, they just did to me all over again what they did with Ahsoka, but they did it with Omega. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they keep we, doing this. They keep doing these like young, <laughs> these young, strong girls that I think like really appeal to um, girl dads. Me being one of them is you see this little helpless girl and that but you see her transition into this. I don't even know, like this um, capable, strong, smart and just little this woman how she grows and like as a dad especially a girl dad you watch that stuff and you're just like man i i hope i can get my daughter there (laughs) but i love omega i'm in love with her like like a dad loves his daughter um omega is fantastic and i you see her grown up a little bit you see her rougher and i love that in the trailer yes do you watch this show your kid watch your daughter which one with your daughter do i watch bad batch? bad batch yes she is obsessed with omega she loves cool. omega there you go you've done you've done good <laughs> you've, done your, you've done your job um yeah i can't wait uh i just i was pleasantly surprised by that first season it was more than i expected very very dark at times mm-hmm. and it again it's exploring one of my favorite time periods in star wars so i, I really like to see this perspective Especially from clones that are, you know, higher intelligence or higher higher level thinking or whatever mm-hmm. they are, um, mutants. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just a really neat perspective to get and some really cool stories. So, absolutely. Uh, next up, Jedi Survivor is definitely the title of the sequel to Fallen Order. So, Kel Kestis is back, played by Cameron Montague. Monahan. Uh, Monahan. Thank you. Monahan. Um, and this is going to be only for next gen systems. Good. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, I love Cameron Monahan. I knew that they were going to do another movie. Um, I'm sorry, another video game. Um, we all knew. Um, it was no surprise. Yeah. Uh, the best Fall- stuff they've done. Yeah. Fallen Order. It was one of the most engaging games that was on the rails. Um, you know, there's really not a lot of free movement. It was on the rails, yeah. but you know, the story was so good fighting an inquisitor, fighting multiple inquisitors. And then the big surprise at the end of Darth Vader. And I love, by the way, the Inquis- huge, huge surprise. Huh? Right, yeah. Well, um, no, but the inquisitorious <laughs> at the end. Yes. Um, but seeing that in Obi-Wan Kenobi. was just, yes. Pretty- I love that They're expanding on it. I think that's one of the best things they've done is that they've, explore these other users of the dark side uh instead of just the sith and we've talked about this on multiple occasions you know i think it's something that they tapped into with the video games back in the day Mm -hmm. this is a video game itself but Mm -hmm. they really started to just do it with rebels and they Mm -hmm. carried it into other other stories and i think that's great a great continuation um that they did right from the beginning 
Oh, abs- absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And I, I love Cameron Monaghan, I think, is one of my favorite actors. Um, if you've watched him in Shameless, um, he is incredible. Um, if you watched him in um, uh, Gotham as he was the Joker in Gotham, that show sucked, but that wasn't his fault. He was great as always. And then to see him in Star Wars, when I first saw the first trailer for the original, for the first game, I was like, there's no, oh my God, that's him. That is him. <laughs> and honestly, like if they don't pull him into a movie or a show, that is a waste. The dude is a, is a gifted, like the force gifted him with acting and he should be in more. So here, here's a question for you. Um, because you and I don't read the books. There's a book out right now. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. It's called Brotherhood. It's mm-hmm. Obi-Wan and Anakin. I think it's a story about them. Mm-hmm. And they meet Kel, um, or they cross paths with him. He shows up in the book briefly mm-hmm. as a quick cameo. And so what are the chances he's gonna show up on Obi-Wan? I think what are you what are the odds? Man, Don't tell a, me the odds. That's a great question. <laughs> um, I I hope, I hope. I think it would be really freaking cool if that were the case. That somehow they cross paths with Kale and the Mantis crew. Yes. I mean, there those are all actors that could absolutely like nail these parts. That's why I think like they and they did um, mo- mocap. So like you, 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 dude, I know you're going to bring them into a movie or a show. Like you don't, you just use mocap for just, you know, not for Star Wars. Yes, you do. Jedi Knight games were doing it back in the day too. So, I mean, I'm not going to put all my, you know, my Ewoks in a basket, but I hope for it. And I think that because we have such a, you know, uh, I want to say like stellar actor, like Cameron, I mean, it's why not? Why would you waste him? And just a video game. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's it. Absolutely. I will say, though, after playing him as Kale and seeing him as Kale in uh, Star Wars and then watching the final season of Shameless, <laughs> messes with your head a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. I need actually I've never watched Shameless. And I need to do that. I need to do oh. myself a favor, as I've heard. Yeah, you do. You do that show will rip your heart out of your chest after you're left after you've just laughed hysterically where you couldn't even breathe. Oh, good. I need another show like that. Yeah. All right. It's great. Anyway, last up, because this is the comic show. Let's talk a little bit about the comics that are coming to that galaxy far, far away. Of course, the High Republic will return this fall uh, with phase two mm-hmm. and our favorite man of the hour, Charles Soule, who wrote the first book. We'll be tackling a book um, called The Blade. Uh, and if you read Light of the Jedi, I believe this is a character that was featured in it. Um, it's mm-hmm. written by Charles Soule, mm-hmm. and it's going to focus on Porter Angle, the Blade of Bardata. So I don't know if he's come up in the comics at all. I feel like he has. Sounds familiar, but mm-hmm. I don't know offhand. I would have to go back through those comics. Well, that's coming out in November of 2022. Nice. Uh, we know that the Mandalorian season one adaption is coming out soon. Pre-ordered. I don't, I don't care. Why didn't you just give us tales that we haven't seen before? 
I'll pre-order issue one, of course, but come on. Like I want the artwork. That's like, why. That's, no, I get it. I get it. But come on. No, you never I... even finished adapting the other the other movies. You stopped in the middle of The Last Jedi. Stop adapting things. Give us new stories. Like The Mandalorian had bounty hunter stuff that was going on before the show. Where's that comic? Come on. That's what I thought it was going to be. And then Crazy. they said it was going to be the show. And of course, I was disappointed. But then I was like, that's ah, going to be a lot of awesome artwork, especially Baby Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or Grogu. Um, Sorry, Grogu. Either or. It's such a wide range of fans out there now. So, well, John Favreau even said it. And I love that he did. I was so happy that he didn't gatekeep. He was just like, hey, call him Baby Yoda, call him Grogu, call him whatever you want to. We're just glad you're enjoying the show. And I was like, that's my director. That's right. (laughs) Pause fizzle. I love you. Exactly. Uh, So the Mandalorian number one will hit stands on July 2022. And last up, uh, everybody's favorite green machine, Yoda, uh, will be getting his own solo comic series, 10 issues. Uh, This is going to cover different arcs of Yoda's life. Written by Kevin Scott, uh, who's been doing a bang-up job with all things Star Wars, uh, all things comic books in general, mm-hmm. uh, with artist Nico Leone. It'll tackle Yoda's life during the High Republic era, um, and then other writers will jump on as well for the prequel era. And so this will be kind of passed uh, throughout the ages to different writers, which is exciting. Um, yeah, I think I they, you know, the, there was a really they did this big anthology. Uh, with like the prequels, the the Civil War era, and then the sequels, and they did a bunch of different comics from that. I remember that initiative, and I like that kind of stuff where they tell stories. So this looks like to be kind of just com- combining all of that into one Yoda ten part series. I'm here for it. I mean, I'm ordering it. I'll be I'll be reading it. Um, no regrets. The only thing that was not brought up was the Hidden Empire, which uh, we're waiting to kind of hear what's going to be the next chapter in mm-hmm. Charles Soule's trilogy. Um, maybe it's a good thing that it's not picking up right away. Maybe it does tell a story after Return of the Jedi. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Crimson Reign ends soon uh, with issue five. Uh, so look forward to that on this show. Uh, but we'll be we'll be looking forward to any kind of news on how Charles Soule is going to finish his trilogy. No, I, I agree. I honestly, I'm getting to a point where like Crimson Rain, like I'm ready for it to end now. Um, it's, it's given us great stories. We've given us some of the greatest star Wars stories. I think in my opinion, um, for a while, I'm really enjoying it, but now like, I want to see where it ends and I'm ready for hidden empire. Like, let's go. All right. Well, it's time to go to commercial after all that news. And then we're going to come back and talk about May's comic book offerings from Marvel and Star Wars. I am so ready. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. And welcome back to Star Warriors Marvel Comics. And as always, this is Rocco. And this is Chris. 
and we are actually going to get into the comics portion of this show, which is about comics. And we're we're doing the May um, offerings now because of Star Wars celebration. We had a ton of news about Star Wars, which took up our entire first segment. So now we're going to finally get to the comic books. The reason we're all here. Hold on to your seats. Chris, what is the first comic up today? Let's punch it, huh? All right. Punch so, it. Han and Chewie, number two. Han Solo and Chewbacca is the proper title of this comic. Uh, issue number two, it's called The Crystal Run, part two. Uh, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by David Messina, art colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by Joe Carmagna. So, here we have a comic that I'm not sure really needs to exist or at least exist the way that it's being written. I'm a fan of Mark Guggenheim, honestly, especially from the comic side and what he did with like DC on the CW and whatnot. But I, I, I don't, I don't understand this. This is, this is what's called making the universe smaller. I I'm sure this will turn around to be some kind of big, like, um, joke or or trick or whatever but the the fact that it's like more and more convinced that it's han solo's dad is taking away from what could be an amazing heist comic uh it's funny you say that because this is exactly what i was gonna say like we literally don't need any of that and the more and more i'm led to believe that it's actually han's dad the less and less i like it we don't need to know Han's dad. There's a reason for that. It's what builds the character. It's what makes Han the way he is in a strange relationship with both of his parents. So we don't need his dad randomly showing up. I have been hoping from the beginning that this was just a scam. And I hope it still is. But signs are more and more pointing towards the fact that he's actually Han's dad. And that really pisses me off. It, I'm convinced that it's not going to be you know, in the long run, mm -hmm. because I think like with the Marshall, I think something's going to come out with that whole, that whole deal. But yeah, they just keep really pushing it and like having him do things that only his dad would know mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So I, I just, I, it's a, it's a money grab for a series of events that actually have a lot of weight in the star Wars universe uh, in regards to Han Solo's status quo when we meet him in A New Hope. Yeah, I mean, if anything, though, this comic has given us some great Greedo. Some Greedo I didn't yeah. know I needed. I didn't know I needed that Greedo, but I got him now. And I also love the way it lends credence to his slimy character in um, A New Hope. Mm -hmm. Han treats him like crap. Han yeah. is not nice to him and their exchanges are hysterical in this book. I love it. I love that. He, he's just so mean to Greedo, but then like when jo now I can understand when Java puts the price on Han's head and he has Han there at gunpoint saying, you know, maybe I'll just take, you know, your ship over my dead body. That's the idea. Like that whole conversation I think has more weight now because of this book so far. Exactly. And that's just something they could have achieved without bringing it in, quote unquote, Han's dad. Yes. Thank you. I agree with you 100%. I mean, why not build Greedo up more? I thought I always loved the design of Greedo. Rodian's always played a big part in the Star Wars universe, in the EU, video games, and, and more. 
And so it's one of the more unique designs that came out of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first bounty hunters we meet, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I love Greedo. Exactly. I I just I just wish that this book went in a, like a little bit different direction. I am excited to see how this does turn out. Um, one of my favorite things about the book was Han Solo not trusting, still not trusting this person because of what happened to Tobias Beckett, who was a father figure uh, with the, which they established in in Solo. Uh, and I love that they 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 hearkened back to that because I liked Woody Harrelson's character. Mm-hmm. I liked that whole mentor uh, role that he played. And you know, we all saw coming from a mile away, but the betrayal at the end of that is is really hard to swallow. Uh, and then, you know, what happens afterwards, of course. So I, I like that he thought about that as he continually had distrust for this man who claimed to be his father. I, I 100% agree. Um, I think Solo is such an underrated film. I absolutely loved seeing that scene again in artwork of him shooting Tobias Beckett. I think that that is such a defining moment in Han's life that was done so perfectly in the movie. Um, you know, I love that Tobias is one of his last words was, was like, I would have done the same thing, yeah. um, you know, and, and that was, and he shot him and, and Han held him while he died. And I, I can, you know, you, you know, you, he, he found his father figure and he ended up having to kill him. And then his, his quote unquote real dad shows up do we need it do we need it no and i don't, I don't think, think it's gonna it's not gonna be true anyways or he dies so whatever this comic wants to do i just hope that we can enjoy more of the greedo stuff what i am enjoying though is the artwork i think that the um who is it david uh, messina has a really good uh, touch when it comes to drawing Han Solo. The artwork the is expressions, beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Expressions of Han um, when he's making that weird, like, questioning face and things like that. I was just going to say that. Yeah. He that does it perfectly. It's Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Beautifully drawn. Beautifully drawn. If nothing else, get the Han Solo and Chewbacca series for the artwork. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so let's jump over to Star Wars 23. We talked a little bit about this in the, the green room that this is the the issue that we've been waiting for. Uh, so much great, exciting things happen. Uh, but let me do these these officials. The Dawn Alliance, it's called, uh, written by Charles Soule, art by Ramon Rosanas, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So we've been leading up to an assault on the Targon's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, cast and crew made their way onto the ship before it was able to jump to light speed. Uh, we were a little confused on the, the sequence of events, but what I, what I figured out on my own, because I'm such a smart guy is that, yep. that um, Zara didn't realize that they, they had made it on board. So they did sneak on board before the Tarkins will jumped the hyperspace to go and attack the last fleet um, that the rebels could try to get on their side uh, to join the Alliance. I, loved this book this was the best book of the month period um i agree this was a mixture of a solid story and action porn um the space battle was incredible um commander zara is it commander zara is 
ruthless as she is cunning as she is incredibly confident when she said i want this recorded like we're going to take out as men, we're going to just take out the rebels and her plan was queasily diabolical like made my stomach hurt it was so diabolical like force force planet fall for all of the rebel ships hit them with ion cannons so they're they're in the atmosphere and gravity begins to pull them down the fact that they're perfectly above the rebel base now they're shooting their own ships out of the sky filled with um rebels and then at the last second from a dive the star destroyer pulls up and the the sublights torch the entire base the sublights torch the entire base and then they go they climb back into orbit um i have never been at the edge of my seat like that reading a comic book that was wild yeah, definitely what we've been leading up to this whole time. And like you said, it shows the ruthlessness of Tarkin's protege. Uh, yeah, I just, what a genius plan. Because when, when they left it off in the last issue, it was kind of like she had all this confidence that she knew what she was doing. One ship against many. And I didn't really think about it, but that was that was amazing. Um we get the re the reunification of Kess and Shara finally, mm-hmm. uh, which has been issues and issues of of Shara, you know, infiltrating Tarkin's will, uh, everybody planning to come save her, uh, and and then her being tortured by Zara. But finally, she's rescued, um, and then the squad is going to destroy the Tarkin's will from within, uh, which at first Zara doesn't realize that there's infiltrators. But then she does eventually. Yes. And the part of the rebel team, I, I, I loved and hated when it was just like, um, Hey, you got to go home to your boy, Poe. We're going to take care of this. And it was a suicide mission for the rest of starlight squadron as they pretty much killed themselves in order to destroy the star destroyer, allowing Kess and Shara to leave um, part of me didn't want Shara to make it, or part of me wanted to sacrifice, wanted Kess to sacrifice himself for his wife, because I felt like that moment would would lead to future, uh, maybe a deeper uh, Poe, and I I think that that would have enriched Poe's character, but again, we've got plenty of time. Yeah, exactly. I I also think that we have to have time where Poe's. You know, growing up a little bit, he knows his father. Like Poe has a lot of Cass's traits, and I, you know, it's easy to write him that way uh, to kind of match up what you want to see with Poe and what they've already established. But I, I want more stories from you know with Kess and um, and and Shara because they were there were a couple of characters from like the very beginning of the comics that were established very early in in the the Marvel Disney continuity. Uh, and I thought it was really smart and I really liked what they were, where they were going. Mm-hmm. They didn't go anywhere near what they had set up and established, but hopefully maybe they'll go back and tie this, tie these things together. Yeah. I loved it. Me too. Uh, so we, we find out that, you know, Zara is not dead at the end of the book, uh, which 
opens her up to further menacing of the rebel alliance yeah and i love that she said you know to princess leia come and get me Mm -hmm. um that was just like are they going to go down there and get her or are they just going to bounce and just leave her there but i guess we'll find out next month (laughs) join us again next time (laughs) exciting adventures the star wars tomorrow we'll find out because that's right they we won't talk about it till next until this that next month who knows man everything is getting delayed so (laughs) truth well except for i know tomorrow will be star wars 24 and um tales of chrysanthemum oh yeah those are the two i ordered cool anyway enjoy let's uh let's we're gonna go back to a book we skipped last month uh, for whatever reasons, because of this awesome mm-hmm. release schedule that they have going on, but we're going to talk about Bonnie Hunter's Twenty Two Chaos in Cornet City, written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Vinelli, colors by Arif Prianto, and letters by Travis Langham. So this is definitely action porn throughout, uh, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, I don't have a lot of, I do not have a lot of notes on this because it's just like they go to Corellia to capture Vakora. They go through all these different firefights. They capture her. I just, this is what I love about this comic. It's it's drawn beautifully. Gorgeous. The pacing is like so fast. Mm-hmm. And they give you like this great menagerie of, of characters that is a mix between the classic bounty hunters we know, Tashu Leech from the, pre, uh, from the sequels, mm-hmm. and then a couple of new characters. And it's just a... It's a it's a great way to carry the book, um, calling it bounty hunters, mm-hmm. uh, because I wasn't really sure where they would go with it. Uh, agreed. Um, I really didn't know. I thought again that this would have more to do with Boba Fett, especially since um, the the number one variant that I own is this beautiful Boba Fett cover, um, and then just Boba Fett has been nowhere to be found, which is fine because this this book, like you said, has been incredibly fast paced. I love the fact that they fleshed out Dengar, that they fleshed out Bosk. Um, having Tasu Leech there is just such an awesome. And Tasu Leech being a smart ass is just mm-hmm. is fantastic. Um, I, I don't know. Honestly, this one was such a mess of a book, but I just didn't care because it yeah. was drawn beautifully. The pages were so bright. They like came off the paper. Exactly. I just we when we reach, when we get to the end of the book and we we get back to Dengar, um, Dengar had attacked Mourner's Whale's uh, safe house. So we have him acting, you know, on behalf of Crimson Dawn. What is Kira's ultimate plan here? I mean, she has Cordelia. Mm-hmm. She's dining with her, um, and so you know, ultimately, Kira wants control over all of these all of these syndicates. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen uh, now that Dengar is back in, in the fray. Yes. And I, I really, really love seeing Kira do this because we know she got it from her previous master, Darth Maul or just Maul, what he was calling himself at the time. And then we dropped the Darth. But um, if we remember Clone Wars, that's what he was doing. He was he was amassing all of the crime syndicates under one umbrella. And now it feels like she's trying to extrapolate on that idea. 
and then having Kadia in with her and and feeding her and everything i don't think that um how do i put it i don't think kira wants to kill this child i, no. I think that kira is is kind of dancing with the idea but only for other in others heads not for herself because i i couldn't see kira murdering a little a young girl but i could be wrong it's also kind of a nice comparison to kira's childhood as well where she came from nothing she was able to achieve so much uh again this child is the destiny of two different crimes syndicates to go and have this much power so is it to make alliances you know is it to have her under her wing of course you know to, she wants control of this stuff but i don't see any kind of malicious behavior coming from kira in regards to Cadelia because i i like to believe that kira ultimately is a semi-good person and i think that's what makes kira great is we don't know much about her in star wars and I think that that's what what is great is we don't know if she is a good person or if she's not. Um, she can really they can do anything with her, yet we still recognize her and know who she is, which I think is just so genius. Well, that I mean that that goes to t- show you right there is how important Solo was for Star Wars lore. I just don't understand the hate for that movie. I don't understand the blame it gets. I'm just sick of it honestly, when it ties into so much of the other larger Star Wars world that we know, because we read these things, we get more into the lore than than most people. And that's what I think is what a lot of people miss is those little nuances and those stories that have to be part of the larger canon and scope. Yeah, I mean, there was so much in there was so much in solo and there were even portions they pulled out of the EU. I mean, the meeting of Chewbacca, how Han met Chewbacca, that was a a very, a very short variation of what was in the EU. And then they even added the Wookiee slaves on Kessel, which again, EU. And I thought that was a beautiful blend. And then you had the pikes there on Kessel you had a final, finally an explanation of the Castle Run. I mean, just so many things. Childish Gambino as Lando Calrissian. That in itself is worth the ticket cost. I, I don't know what else to say. I went to the theater to this, for this movie twice. I own it. I love it. People are stupid for not liking this movie. I'm sorry. 100%. And as we wait for Amelia Clark and Donald Glover to reprise the roles on disney plus as they should in whatever facet that is i um i do want to bring up one last thing about this comic is the preview for next month or the next issue uh which features dangar and it's called clear and present dangar uh and i just think it's so stupid and i, I crack up it. at it i love it i just i love i love tom clancy and i love clear and present danger I love that reference. I think it was just a really neat way they keep doing this weird stuff with Dengar, like he's a super spy and things like that. I would read a Dengar comic any day of the week. After what they've done with Dengar here, yeah. I mean, I would absolutely do that. 
And I love that. Like, if you just move the A and the E, it is danger, clear and present danger. (laughs) You don't even, it's literally the same thing just with two move, two switched letters, but I digress. So clever. It really is. Um, But yeah, after reading Dengar so far, I would love a whole comic series for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's, He's such a pathetic putz. But he's like trying to be this super spy, like you said, and it's hilarious because he is a putz. He's, he's always been written the same way, and I think that's clever. Uh, and that's and that's I would love to read because it, it it seems like the perfect comic, good humor, adventure, action, all that stuff. But I do love like if you can get a little goofy sometimes with it too. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up the show with Doctor Afra number twenty. Uh, it's called Eternity. It's written by Alyssa Wong, art by Minkyu Jung, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Joe Carmania. And so, Rocco, this is this is basically the 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 climax of our 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 adventure into like I think this university that the uh, that we found the the great the spark the yes. spark eternal the spark eternal. Um, we're here with Afra and Sanas, and then also with Ko and their old doctor, their old professor Stavanas. Uh, so wacky stuff going on here. Stuff that we've been waiting to see, kind of. Uh, yeah. I don't really understand how this has anything to do with Crimson Rain, but at least they're they're doing an entertaining storyline. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm also curious about the where this falls in Crimson Rain, um, the, the overall picture. But I will say this of this comic. Um, Afra has we we haven't been always so kind to Afra the no. the comic itself and I'd say that the last maybe few or last couple issues have been really really good I don't know maybe it's the direction maybe it's the direction of the story or whatever it is but um I enjoyed the artwork in this I enjoyed the story um and I enjoyed where this climax like you said took us to the Spark Eternal and this was a this was a pretty wild ride. Yeah, it was. And, you, you know, you mentioned the art. The art has been really, really good through these issues. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that, uh, which which helps a lot because that's been kind of the up and down with this book as well. Not only just the storyline, but also the art style has changed a few times and uh, not really to our preference. But this this has really been good for the action and what they've been delivering. Um, so we're they're after this ascended technology. Uh, these ascendants used to work with the Sith try to replicate their powers um and we've come across things like the thought the thought drowser uh and some other tools as well uh but here we have professor nuss um she's basically i think she's trying to like get the power for herself Uh, and this is where we're headed to this because by the end of the issue we have this whole thing where it looks like afra's uh killed off by the power of uh the ascendants when they try to uh you know go when they try to access the power of the spark eternal uh it blasts through her which i think would have been a re- really great <laughs> cliffhanger but then she's basically like resurrected with the power inside her um and that's kind of where they lead it uh so this is basically leading up to that what do you what do you think about all this we're given after like this superpower we just said this isn't really this is a very loosely connected crimson rain tie-in uh where where does this comic go from here? Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. Um, again, I like what you said, where that would have been a really good cliffhanger and it would have. I don't understand why I, I 
was surprised when they showed Afra in essence die. Um, and then there were more pages. Like I was like, what is going like, this is why did they not stop here? But they continued on and then she resurrects and it's whole like, that's not Afra. That's something else. Well, you know, what is it? Who is it? I don't know. They're talking about the ascendant technology. Um, I did like um, there was the she had like the magnetic fingers. Yeah. I thought that that was pretty cool with the Obi-Wan show that we've been watching with uh, Kumail Nanjiani's uh, character there where he was using magnets. Uh, that yeah. was pretty neat. Um, Absolutely. Made, made me think about that at least. Um, but again, I put like, that in my notes. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't even have your notes up. Yeah, I put those. I was just gonna say I, I actually put that exact thing in my notes because of of that reference. I don't. Oh, wow. I don't know if it's the same thing, but it's exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah, I'm reading that and I'm like, ah, ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. I see here, um, which was cool. Um, but again, you know, where where does this connect in Crimson Rain? It was a great book, but like, yeah. I feel like it's it's just it feels constrained by Crimson Rain. Like why? Like we know that Co right, Co is is part of Crimson Rain, or at least a hitman for Crimson Rain, and that's the only tie to this. So that Crimson Rain get their hands on this technology, possibly. I know that's kind of been the whole thing, but I I get it. But as long as they can keep this book headed in this direction and keep these feels, I'm good with it. That, that's fair and i did have a thought that maybe because we've got um kira and kira is to my knowledge is not force sensitive right. um she is an excellent swordsman um we saw that when she actually faced down um darth vader and he even made a reference to her master um, but she does not command the force so my question is is she trying to get this ascendant technology as a way of opening some Sith doors for her to have some type of um, manufactured force powers, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I remember, yeah, that whole scene where she fights with Darth Vader brings, you know, brings to question how crazy she is to do that to to begin with, Um, but does kind of also show her how, she doesn't have the the true power in the in the galaxy, even though she's after it. So that parallel, I I I actually really agree with, and I think that's a um, a good reason for this book to exist within the Crimson Rain banner. I I just hope that it doesn't like slow it down any from where it's where it's headed right now, where we wanted it, you know. So sure. will they tie the ascendants back to the High Republic and 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 more, and and maybe tell some stories back then when the Sith are revealed? Uh, during that during that era that would be mm-hmm. that'd be great yeah i mean i'm I'm here for it i'm here for all of it but yeah i'd say overall this was a good book um mm-hmm. good month it was a good month it really was a good month of books but i i know i think we we said this before previous in this episode like i'm ready for hidden empire or at least some news from it i i'm confused I'm very confused that we came out of celebration without any kind of like inkling of when it's going to be or what it is and um when it's releasing i i'm that's why i think like charles so must be going on a small break from it maybe they're gonna let return of the jedi swing around next year um because we are headed into 2023 which is the 40th anniversary of mm-hmm. rotj 
So I'm sure that's where the comics could be headed and then Hidden Empire um, afterwards, since since we see the you know the dissolving of the Empire uh, with the death of the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. Spoiler alert, everybody. Um, <laughs> anyway, you're 40 years too late, but yeah, I, exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> so, uh, what if Hidden Empire was concurrent with Return of the Jedi? That would be cool. I mean, I can see. I can see Crimson Rain, like Crimson Dawn being that hidden empire, of mm-hmm. course, because if the empire disappears and the New Republic is kind of scrambling and, and, and trying to grasp power, as we know what happens in New Republic time, this, this under, this under, um, and not under, but kind of like behind the scenes syndicate, mm-hmm. you know, is, is really running things after they've just, you know, everything that we've read leading up to this. I could see it taking place in the new new Repu- in the Return of the Jedi time as kind of things are chaotic into the New Republic to where they have more of a control. And then what happens by the time we get to the book of, book of Boba Fett, where we don't, you know, the Pikes are still really strong, and uh, you know we don't hear about Crimson Dawn. Then I want to know what happens, you know, because something something has to happen with Kira, or where's our Amelia Clark in live action? Yeah, ex- exactly. And I, I was reading something recently that they are very interested in um, Amelia Clark reprising her role. What? We don't really know. Yeah, I, I don't I would see that as a really big missed opportunity if they didn't take advantage of that. And that's possibly why he's kind of said, I'm not announcing anything. Well, they kind of work everything together because he has give, he has been given kind of a. Uh, a promotion within Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, as of late as well in the storytelling group. So I'm hoping that that really does mean something and that he's working with like Filoni and, and others to tie everything together um, and give us a reason why Crimson Dawn would still be around that line at the beginning of Crimson Dawn one or the end of whatever, when the, the, uh, when the archivist says yeah. that, you know, when she says it's a tragedy, um, what does this all mean? We don't know yet. Speculations uh, galore, but here's hoping that, yeah, we do see Amelia Clark show up someday. I certainly hope so, man. I certainly do. And I'm looking forward to the end of Crimson Rain, and I'm looking forward to the future of Star Wars comics right now. Um, if you're listening to us right now, the best Star Wars is in the comic books. We are getting the best of Star Wars in these comics. Uh, the Disney Plus shows, they're trudging along. They're they are good. Um, they're they are all right. But um, in terms of the, the best Star Wars right now, it's, it's all in the comics. And that's where you should be if you're a fan. Absolutely agree. And as you think, see things like Black or Santin show up in Book of Boba Fett, and other little tie-ins and nods, uh, you'll see more and more how important these these comics are to the overall storing uh, storytelling. And I hope that they continue this this trend. Um, Crimson Five is not due out to June twenty second, um, so it looks like we will definitely be talking about that on our next episode of the show. So we'll be wrapping up Crimson Rain uh, on what is it June's episode. So yeah, yep. in July, coming in July. Exactly. Gets a little confusing, but we got you. We got you. Um, anyways, that, that wraps up the show for this month. Uh, good times. I look forward to a special episode with the Star Warriors group uh, talking all about the Sith. Uh, so check out Rocco and I and the other guys uh, real soon on, on the Defa Entertainment Network. Check out Tally Talk. 
uh, with Casey and I. We talked about the geek news. Where are we at this season? We're about midway through the season of Listen Up Casuals right now. Yes, and uh, please give us a listen. Um, we'll be dropping uh, Black Widow shortly. Um, and there's a lot of great episodes this season and last season and a lot of great episodes coming up. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, there's another podcast I do on the DFAT entertainment network called critical mass. Um, we've been on a brief, not a brief, we've been on the longest hiatus we've been on. Um, we're doing a full show restructure to bring you guys the best in ridiculous and offensive entertainment. So stay tuned for news hopefully soon about us back in the recording studio. Absolutely. Uh, good times across the whole DFAT entertainment network. Check us out. Get ready because summer's on its way. So we'll be enjoying the sun. We hope you are too. Uh, so until next time, this is Chris saying, may the force be with you. And this is Rocco saying, support your local comic shop. Bye.